What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of Courtside Views. I'm your host, Andrew Bostic. Today, I had to bring on my boy, Sean Byrne, Sixers fan, Hinky Stan. And today is trade deadline only. We are talking about our 10 favorite trades of the day of the week. And we're going to hop right into it, kind of just going over a little bit of everything. Sean, what's going on, brother? Yo, what's good? I mean, I mean, you, you, wait, you know what the fuck is good, bro. We talked all day. Today is my favorite day in sports every year almost outside of like the championships there's nothing better than than trade day on nba so i'm stoked obviously got my hinky dyed for our sins shirt on right right now it's a it's a celebration day here in philly for those of you who don't know from sean from the last podcast he is a full philly diehard everything philly so he has been fully speculating on everything that was going to happen with the sixers and trying to get joel Embiid some kind of sidekick that wasn't ben simmons so He's fucking high for the James Harden trade. Uh, we're going to be talking about James Harden toward the end of the podcast. So we're going to kind of cover a little bit more now. Uh, so let's let's hop right into it. So first trade we were talking about is the Blazers Pelicans happened a couple of days ago. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans get CG McCollum, Larry Nance and Tony Snell. And the Blazers get next to nothing. They get Nikhil Alexander Walker, Josh Hart, Didi Luzada. Thomas Sadoransky and a first round pick and a couple second round picks that won't turn until 2027. So who really gives a shit? Uh, I'm giving this a B for the Pelicans as well as a C minus for the Blazers. Burn what you got. I think I'm, I'm pretty firmly on that too. I think, I think a B for Pelicans. Um, I'm, I'm itching to do D plus for, for poor Portland, but I think just because of the picks, you got to do at least the C minus. I'm with you there. I, I don't get it. I mean, CJ McCollum, he's 30 years old. I get it. He's making $30 million. You're going for the full rebuild. It makes sense. You want to break it up. But like you're telling me that after the entire offseason and the beginning of the season where everyone was speculating CJ McCollum was going to go to Philly for this big trade for Ben Simmons, and you end up getting Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like, like that's the headline that you end up picking up here. Yeah, it's it was a weird one. And like it's crazy how maybe the league or, you know, viewers like us were just wildly overestimating what they could have gotten for CJ McCollum. Like, I'm curious to see what else was out there for them during this trade deadline. Cause you know, maybe they, I don't think they really wanted Josh Hart. They didn't really want Nikhil Alexander Walker. I think both those guys are good rotation players, but like, you know, outside, you know, you get a couple first round picks or, you know, there's tons of protections on them. You never know. This could end up just being like one of those, I don't know, terrible for one team. And CJ McCollum could really lift up the Pelicans. I know we talked about it briefly. Um, you had some some cool thoughts on like where their ceiling might, might be if Zion comes back. Yeah, I mean, I give him a B for right now because there's like that massive question mark over Zion, which is crazy to say that for like a 21-year-old who's been in the league for three years, but he's been insanely injury prone. And I compared him to Joel Embiid in the start of his career of just, he's this massive, what if all this potential, he looks like a superstar when he plays. And then it's like, well, when's he going to play? What's the game plan? Um, if they're all healthy, this team can like make noise, like, like a good amount of noise. And I have been saying this for so long, CJ McCollum is a point guard. And I want people to like, understand that. Like there are so little pure playmaking point guards anymore. There's no more Rajon Rondos. Chris Paul's a dying breed. Like Trey Young is a quote unquote playmaking point guard. He's scoring 30 points a game, but he's also averaging nine assists. Just a massive usage. Like that type of player is just gone. Like you yeah. don't have that anymore. Like Ricky Rubio off the bench. Like there's like five or six like pure playmaking point guards in the league and that's it. So to get CJ McCollum, if he can get you 
20 points, five assists. Like Brandon Ingram's a point forward. Zion Williamson, they want to get him the ball more. Like then you incorporate Herb Jones, who's been a perfect three and D. Like if you don't want Jonas Valanciunas, you can trade him. You can move Zion to small ball center. Like they're just they're, they have a lot of options that I didn't really know that they did have. I love mm-hmm. the Larry Nance get. Like he's only 27. He can play a small ball four or five. Like I like Jack, the way Jackson Hayes looks. is still Jackson he's Hayes. Looked, he's been looking really good. He should have gone to the fucking Blazers, but here we are. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. Like, I, I like if they if the Blazers get Jackson Hayes in this instead of you know NAW, I might be sitting here being like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, because Jackson Hayes, um, what was he? I think he's been playing a lot of four re- recently and he's been looking really good. Was that it? Was he a five as a four or a four and a five? Whatever it was, he like tried something different and he's been looking way better. He's so athletic, he's so cool. Um, so I mean, when this guy got announced, we were both like, oh, it's got to be for him, right? And then all of a sudden it was, and I don't know, like the, the, I don't think they got right comp for CJ. And I think, like you said, CJ is going to be a really cool fit um, with, with, with the Pelicans who kind of just need one of those vets that's like going to, going to do his thing, you know? It's interesting. And like, I don't want to dive like too much into it, but like for the Blazers perspective, like this is obviously, this was the first of, I believe, three trades they made on, on the week to really, to really just break it out. And, Mm -hmm. I get it. I think that Dame Lillard is going to, I said this before, Dame Lillard cares so much about loyalty. He cares so much. He's going to die in his jersey. He's going to die. And that's fine. He's going to be the Reggie Miller of the Portland Trailblazers. He's going to die a legend. They're going to make him a statue. And he's going to walk in half a million, I'm sorry, half a billion dollars into the bank and just like chill out in Oakland and just vibe. There's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. He's okay with that. But, like, if you're going to actually try and build a contender and, like, try and make some kind of sense around what the fuck they're doing, I like that they're going to give Aferni Simons, like, somewhat of the keys. Mm-hmm. He's got size. He's the, He has size that CJ never had. CJ was only, what, 6'1", 6'2", at the, at the biggest? Simons is 6'4", 6'5". He showed that he can play off ball. He can play point guard. That at least gives Dame, like, a little bit more of an option. Josh Hart can play shooting guard, small forward. For, he's only 6'5". He's averaging almost eight boards. That's yeah. like, pretty fucking insane for a guard. So mm-hmm. they have options. I hate Nurkic so much. Just so much. It makes no sense that he's still on this franchise. It's like a starting caliber center. I just don't yeah. understand it. That's why I was begging for them to get Jackson Hayes. So... They need to just tear down. They're going to create sixty million in cap space, but like this, this to me, just they didn't get enough. They just didn't. I know. Yeah, they didn't. I, I don't think they did. And like, like you said, we're about to move into their next trade that that, that they made. But if they don't hit, it's like a lot of these look like oh, we're freeing up cap to have more flexibility for the summer. And if they don't like, if Dame doesn't like get something going with one of these guys that's going to be a free agent, I think it's going to be more of the same from the Portland Portland uh, Trailblazers here. It's like. When small markets clear up cap space, like it just like, gives me anxiety. It's like me as a Cavaliers fan. Like if you were to tell me that the Cavaliers were clearing up like sixty million dollars in cap space, I'd be shitting myself. Yeah. Who who is coming to Portland? Are you going to gonna get the, Like, are you going to get the ghost of Kevin Love and be like, uh, I want to go home? Like, what are we doing? There's yeah. no no one is just going to leave and just magically sign it. Like your only hope was to use that cap space, hope that Ben Simmons wasn't traded, and then you can hope to get desperate and, and get Ben in a, in a trade when you maybe you package Simons. I don't know, but like that's gone. That's off the yep. table, which we'll get into yep. later. But I, I, I don't reek. It reeks of desperation when you, when you just do that. I, I hate it for small markets. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you know, it'll probably come up again, but the way that we've talked about them over this past couple, couple of days, they're just, 
they're looking more like the Kings, man. They're, they're, they're looking more like the Kings. They're not quite there yet. I don't want to do full disrespect, but no. Um, yeah. Poverty franchise 2.0. We're getting there, <laughs> but we're going to find out. Poverty. Um, next trade, which kind of leads into what they got. Uh, three-team deal with the Trailblazers, the Spurs, and the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Trailblazers immediately, immediately flip Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, to Utah, as well as Juan Hernan Gomez over to Utah as a nice rotation player. Uh, the Spurs get Thomas Adoransky and a couple second-round picks, and the Trailblazers get uh, the ghost of Joe Ingles with his torn ACL, um, Elijah Hughes, who has played in two games so far this year, and a 2022 second-round pick. Again, I'm giving the Trailblazers a D. This makes no sense for them. Uh, Spurs and the Jazz, I'm giving them a Bs each. Um, I like Alexander Walker. I like Hernan Gomez. They're just rotation players. They don't play defense. Don't fix their problems. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to give, yeah, Trailblazers are a D just because I don't, I think this is more of that cap space thing they're trying to do. I don't really understand. Maybe they're going to, he's like a tradable asset at some point. I don't really know what they're going to do with Ingles. Um, Spurs, I'm going to, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to collect some second round picks. So that's like a B, um, you know, nothing too crazy there. And then with, I, I almost want to give a B plus, I think, to the Jazz, just because mm-hmm. they were like, you know, it's it's kind of cool for them to, you know, Joe Ingles has been such a big part of their, their team for so long that, you know, they, they were like, hey, we're going to trade you. And Ingles was like, that's cool. Did you see that? He came out and was like, I expect to be traded. Yeah. I hope I do to help them. Like, that's really cool. Um, so, and to get both of those guys back, who's they're going to boost their rotation. And I'm like a certified jazz hater, but I think this was a good trade. I'm going to give them a B plus. No, I get that. I mean, they got depth for which they just, they just do not physically have like no mm-hmm. offense, like Trent Forrest, who's like running backup point guard for them, but like yeah. stop for a little bit. Um, <laughs> they, their biggest issue is perimeter defense. Like Rudy Gobert is the is one of the best regular season defenders of all time. Notice mm-hmm. how I said regular season defenders, Jazz fans. Like regular that. season. Focus on that. <laughs> he he has no perimeter defense. When you have a backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio, I'm sorry, not Ricky Rubio, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly, like Nikhil Alexander Walker plays no defense. Juancho Hernan Gomez is like a combo three four who like doesn't play defense. Like you you didn't. You didn't solve any problems, so like it's great that you that you solve rotation. So I'll give you a B for bringing in two like competent NBA rotation players. But mm-hmm. in the playoffs, like who are they guarding? They're going to get dogged by every single Western Conference team with a competent backcourt. They're going to do more of the same with. Let's just pray Rudy can like change the entire team, and he does in the regular season. But every, I mean, I don't know how many years it's been, but like every time they get in the playoffs, Four. he just gets just gets worked. Like, mm-hmm. Rudy, like, I hate Rudy Gobert just because, like, people talk about him that he's so good. And he's really good yeah. in the regular season. It's kind of like the Ben Simmons conversation. Really good regular season. But if you can get exploited as bad as Rudy gets exploited on defense in, in the playoffs, like, you need to have wing defenders. And like you said, a lot of the players there just aren't, like, plus defenders. And so he just gets dogged in the playoffs. And, and while this doesn't really help their defense, maybe it helps out, you know, the rest of the team. Who knows how deep they go with the playoff rotation. But I don't know. It'll give them something. Like I said, their NBA bodies, they're there. I mean, maybe Nikhil Alexander-Walker just wakes up and is like, oh, I was a first-round pick. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Who but, knows? like, just to quickly finish up on the Blazers, why? Just why? <laughs> you you trade the number two top piece that you get in the C.G. McCollum trade, immediately flip it. Not like the dude's making a crap ton of money. For Elijah Hughes, the expiring contract of Joe Ingles, and a second round pick from the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't understand. That's it. it. 
that's it. Yeah, it's weird. I it just I mean, it's got to be cap space, right? Like that's the game they're playing, and it's it's so weird. Like it's for, a horrible for, game. For a little bit there, I was like, oh, are they going to take on like a bad contract and like you know try to get some pick? Like I don't know. If there was a brief like oh Tobias Harris and like a first or two to Portland mm-hmm. just to take the contract. At yes. that point, I, I would have been like, cool, they get a solid player and they get a mm-hmm. couple firsts. That makes sense, but there was no like corresponding move because they were freeing up cap as if they were going to bring right. in a bad contract. It, I don't know. Blazers are close to poverty. It's all right. On to trade number three of poverty franchise, Portland Trail Blazers. Um, the one that started off actually uh, between the Clippers and the Blazers, uh, we got the Clippers receiving Robert Covington and Norman Powell, and the Blazers receiving Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, and a 2025 second round pick. For the Clippers, it is an absolute knockout of the park. It is an A across the board. And the Blazers, I'm giving it a C minus. Burn, what do you got? It's an A, 100% for, for the Clippers. The Clippers are playing over their, their weight belt right, right now, but and this is just going to give them more bodies and, and good bodies on both sides of the floor. Um, the Blazers, this is an F for me, bro. Like, 100%. Like, uh, like I, I'm going to, if Blazers fans listen to this, they're like, this kid's a hater. But like, Eric Bledsoe's dog. Keon Johnson's okay. Justice Winslow is dog. He should probably be out of the league at this point. 2025 second round pick in three years. Like what for Covington and Norman Powell, people thought that they could have gotten like a first for each of those players and they get nothing. Like this could have been, if if either of these players were swapped for like a matching contract and a first or something, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I would have been like, yeah, makes sense. They didn't get any of that. And they don't, they don't even have like, a, it's not a young player. It was the, this was the weirdest trade. Like I saw it and I was like, this got to be missing some something. I was waiting for that like next Woj tweet that's like also to this trait never came. I was like, that that's weird. I, it's really weird for me. The only like saving grace in this for me is Keon Johnson. I really like Keon Johnson coming out of Tennessee. Like he is a uber athlete, 43 inch vertical. Like he is a walking springboard. But the reason that it's not super high is because he is now behind Dame Lillard, Josh Hart. Fairney Simons and now here so like he's not going to develop and do I trust the Portland Trailblazers to properly develop players absolutely not not a chance in hell so it's it's like a thousand percent the only common denominator in every single trade so far is cap space why why is it the common denominator why is it not young players why is it not draft picks why is it not player development why is it money I don't it's understand. It's weird. It's, it makes no sense. This one, this trade just like hurt my soul. Like if you're a Blazers fan, like there's no shot. Anyone is like, yeah, I like this move. This really sucks. No. Like, no, it's, it's ass. Like Norman, pa- like, and I forget exactly what it is. Like they, it's like, they essentially moved like three firsts to get both of these guys and then don't get any first back for them mm-hmm. or in any of these deals. Almost. They got one that's like highly protected. I'm like, they got one. And it's going to land. So it's the, it's the Pelicans pick this year. And it has to land between five and 14. So yeah, it has to be the, like a middle to late lottery. And if it doesn't, then it moves to next year with just a one to four protection. But like, I'm out. I'm out on it. I'm out. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I don't stupid. understand it. But like, for the Clippers, a fully healthy Clippers team. So I don't think people understand like Norman Powell of what he is. He's, he's great. six foot. He's six foot three. He has a six foot. 11 wingspan it's crazy that's 
So starting lineup, fully healthy, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I don't care if it's Zubach, Hartenstein. I don't really give Anybody. a fuck who you put at center. Marcus, Marcus Morris, if you want to run small ball, mm-hmm. that's disgusting. That That is two future Hall of Famers, a 3 and D guy who can score off the basket. Reggie Jackson's a low-key, decent playmaker. He was great mm-hmm. in the playoffs last year when they dogged the Utah Jazz, but him and yep. Trey Mann were just going off for 30 every other game. Yep. Like, and then you get a potential decent center in Zubac and Hardenstein in there. Morris goes to the six-man role. We can just play 25 minutes, just bop. That is a filthy lineup. And the Blazers are sitting here just like sitting on your hands like, yeah, but we got Keon Johnson. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, I don't know. And and they're so deep now, right? The Clippers, like, yeah, like you know, yeah, they have injury issues right right now. And like, yeah, so the, the street's going to help them now. And then if those guys come back, I know it's a little wishy-washy on mm-hmm. Kawhi and PG timelines right now. But like, if they come back and they're vibing, or even if one of them comes back, like this team is crazy. I think like they're yeah. they're going to shock people. People forget how good this team's going to be. I think. Dude, they have, they have one of the best coaches in the league, and Tyron Lue. I didn't even mention yep. young guys like Brandon Boston, Amir Coffee. You have a sharpshooter in Luke Kennard. Like this team yep. is deep, yep. absolutely they're, deep. They're good. And then it's just like, well, we tried, Portland Trailblazers. We tried our best. I didn't. Oh man, I'm, I'm all right. Can we get over the Blazers? I don't want to talk about the yes. Blazers anymore. All right, that's that's it for the Blazers. Goodbye. I'm sorry. Stay on the West Coast. Rip. We'll see you. Rip. We'll see you in the draft. Have a good one. Um. Next trade up, uh, this one shocked every NBA fan, I think, ever. Um, Pacers and Kings. Uh, the Indiana Pacers received Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And the Sacramento Kings received DeMondis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, I'm giving it a B for the Indiana Pacers and a B-minus for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, uh, it, it pretty close, right? I think I'm going to go B, B plus, almost A minus. You know what? I'm going to go A minus for, for the Pacers. Um, okay. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go like a B minus for the Kings. Okay. Talk to me. You know, I love Hal Burton, bro. I, when, before we thought that uh, Harden was a possibility for the Sixers, I've been beating the Halliburton drum for a month, maybe, maybe more. I've enjoyed watching him last year. He was fun. He's gotten even better this year. Fox was out for a brief period and he was averaging like 20 and 10 assists. He's, I think he's going to be an all-star at some, some point he's tall. He's got all the skills you need to be like a player you want to build around in this league. And like you said, everyone was shocked because everyone's like, didn't think he was available. Like there was so many reports of GMs, you know, being quoted saying we didn't think he could be had. And they mm-hmm. got him for Sabonis, who is a good player, who's an all-star player caliber. But Halliburton is that guy that you know me that you just, that's the guy I want to build my team around. So young, playmaker, scorer, you know, and then you throw in Buddy Heald on that too. Maybe he's getting paid a little bit too much, but like he's a sharpshooter. I think he, a change of pace would, would be good, good for him. You know, on the Kings side, I just, Kings are poverty. Like the Sabonis is good, but like not in this, not for Halliburton, mm-hmm. like if they traded Fox for this, I would have been like, okay, like maybe I see that vision a little bit more, but like Sabonis just, it just feels like another, like one of those weird, uh, you know, like equal moves that like they lost, but didn't lose horribly. It's just so weird. Like what are the Kings doing? Like they're not, this isn't a rebuild move. This is like a retool. They're trying to get that 10th seed. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. So I don't, I don't really know where I stand here. I think it's a great move for the Pacers. Um, you finally break up the 
Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, like front court that just hadn't worked ever. It's just, you're playing one of them out of position. Like they're both centers. No, one's not a power forward. It's not the 1990s anymore where you're playing Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Like it's this, the new NBA, they're both centers. So I I'm very excited to see at least both of them in a new opportunity. Um, I love the Tyrese Halliburton. I know immediately they said Malcolm Brogdon's up for sale. Cool. Whatever. Like you have one player that you know is not going to go anywhere. Like he's not going to go anywhere. If you want to trade Miles Turner, get picks, do whatever you want. Like he can be there as an anchor of a defense. He's a three-time shot block champion. He is the defense player of the year candidate. Like he's there. He has injury prone issues. And I get that, but at least he is a capable body that you can build around. You have Chris Duarte, you have Buddy Heald, you have some young guys that can fit this core. And the Pacers are accepting that they're heading into a rebuild. And it's like finally time because they're always that team where they're just like fighting for an eight seed. And that's like, they're cool with it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy to see them like finally just like swallow their pride and say like, it's rebuild time. And I'm cool with that. I get it. and I'm happy for them. I am going to say something I didn't think that I was going to say. I like the trade for the Kings. The only reason why I say it is because Sabonis is only 25. And this team and roster is so shit that they're still going to suck. The Pelicans got, I'm sorry, the Pelicans got better. The Lakers, while they're garbage, they're still going to make the playoffs or the play-in. So the Kings can legitimately have a lottery pick this year. You have two players that they're building around. They're choosing De'Aaron Fox. Clearly, they chose him over Halliburton. And you have Sabonis. You have Davion Mitchell, who whether you bring him off the bench or you start him at shooting guard, he is another player that's going to be at least a part of that future. So you have three players in Mitchell, Fox, and Sabonis that are just going to be there. You can figure the rest out later in the offseason. Barnes is going to get traded at some point. You have, you know, they traded Bagley, which we'll get into later. Like they have little pieces here and there that are just going to make sense. And I love, I think Sabonis, if he can play full-time center, he's a Vucevic, just a better passer. That's a hell of a player to have on your team. Know your defense is not going to be good, but if you have good attack guards like they have for the Bulls right now, you see the success that Vuce is able to have. Sabonis is a 20 12 and five guy that's a hell of a player that i want on my roster as long as he's playing right if he can play center and do that correctly and De'Aaron fox can be a 20 and six guy at least that's something like they can be happy about that and they're not just drafting guards left and right and just playing them out of position like at least this is a direction they label it as a win now move but they still suck ass so that doesn't make sense like just accept the rebuild and move on kings fans Mm -hmm. but getting rid of tyrese definitely not the right move that's fair yeah i don't i don't really disagree with all of that i, th- I think i think we both were like holy shit he's only, uh, it's a bonus is only 25 so like yeah you're right 30. with that his money his money's good right so like yeah that's not an issue that is some, something else that, that we talked about so you know i just uh, if i'm rebuilding a team which the king should be doing i'm choosing halliburton every single time over fox over Sabonis and over guys like that. So maybe it's not, it's not a terrible move. And I don't think most people in the league think it's a terrible move just based on like talent. Like they got back a good return, but it shouldn't have been Halliburton. And that's kind of where I'm at. No, I agree. I mean, when you break up, I mean, De'Aaron Fox, as long as he can't shoot, he'll, his ceiling will never be as high as Halliburton's. Halliburton has only been in the league for two years and he's averaging 42% from three for his career. De'Aaron Fox hasn't sniffed higher than 34 like yeah. at like his peak and he's only shooting like three a game like mm-hmm. Halliburton shooting six to seven like it's not even 
remotely close of their shooting abilities. Yes, Darren Fox is faster. He's more athletic, yada, yada. When Tyrese Halliburton, in the game without De'Aaron Fox, when they played Philly. Oh, he popped off. And dropped 37 to 11. He's like, and, and he's got like confidence. He's got the, like, he's like, give me the ball. He's hitting like step backs and sidesteps. And like, he's like throwing no look assists. Like he's mm-hmm. got it. Like he's got something, he's got juice. And I don't think Fox has that juice anymore. He's got the speed, like you said, athleticism. Yep. Yeah. But he doesn't have the rest. And I think, I think they made a mistake. And I think Halberton's going to be an all-star in a, in a few years with the Pacers. I would definitely wouldn't be surprised if Halliburton becomes an all-star before De'Aaron Fox, but it, it, it's so sad because it comes down to so many other players. Like it's always that, like if he gets a jump shot, like if he gets a jump shot, like it's really unlocks so many things, but like he's in his fifth year, De'Aaron Fox, like he's not going to get a jump shot. Yeah. Like is he just going to wake up tomorrow and just like get a jump shot? Jason Kidd, it took him 15 years to shoot over 36% from three. A Hall of Fame point guard, it took 15 years to shoot an above-average three-point shot. Please yeah. understand that, NBA fans. Like, it's not that easy to just, like, get a jump shot. It's yep. not. And I know it, I think some people, will, like, mistake that some, sometimes not to go off on, like, a jump shot tangent. But, like, you know, I've definitely done go it in the past when I'm, trying, when I'm trying to get excited. Remember, I was like, oh, Nerlens Noel when they drafted him or, like, his second year. I was like, oh, he's, he's kind of like that Jason or that Kevin Garnett. Like, he could do that little, like, mid-range. And, like, you know, fans will try to talk themselves in, into that. I think, I think for big men, a lot of the time you'll see them drastically go from, like, no shooting to shooting because, like, mm-hmm. they've always had it but they're big. So they were like never told to do it. And then the last like 10 years has been like, no, we want our bigs to stretch. So you're starting to see more of them start to shoot. So that happens much more for a guard, like Fox, like if he was a shooter, he would have been doing that. He would have been doing that. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. like, it's not, I don't know. That's where I'm at with that. So I think, I think Fox is a solid player. So bonus is better than Fox. I think. So they have, you know, solid team. They need, I don't know. Very curious to see what else they do. It's something, but it's interesting. I'm happy that they like like both teams needed to make a move, and I'm glad that they were able to at least help each other out and like get it started. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what they're starting, but it's it's done, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. King's poverty. Shout out. Um, next one. Small move. Very easy. Uh, Hornets and Wizards uh, get a quick little deal going toward the end of the deadline. Um, the Hornets receive Montrezl Harrell, and they move to the Wizards. Ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr. Um, I really like it. For the Hornets, I do. I'm giving him a B. And for the Wizards, they get off an expiring contract. To get anything for him, I give him a B as well. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably sitting like a B minus maybe on the Hornets. Um, and then yeah, just because it like you said, it's expiring. Like I, I'm probably sitting there with with a B as well. Um, and I think Ish is like a solid rotation guard. Like I, I think he's yeah. good. So I don't know with with Montrez. Like he's just one of those like energy, you know. He sucks on defense and he's a small center and he's going to get worked. I've really, the only reason I'm like a little hesitation on this is because I wanted them to get those miles Turner. I wanted them to get the, the splash center play and I'm sure they tried, couldn't get it to work. Mm-hmm. So what do you think they're going to do? Are they going to rotate him in PJ Washington? Like what, what, what's the rotation going to look like at center for them? So that's a big reason of why I only gave him a B and if they traded PJ Washington, so there were rumors that they were going to trade PJ Washington a first and one of their like younger draft picks to the Spurs for uh, Yakapotal. And for those of you that don't know about Yakapotal, like go fucking look up Yakapotal. Like he is one of the best young centers in the NBA. He's a defensive stalwart. He is a top 20 PER in the entire NBA playing for a 
10 games below 500 Spurs team, like Jakobotl's got it. And like the Spurs turned that down. That's a very big like package to potentially package book night, PJ Washington at a first for Potal. And you turn that down. Like that speaks to how that, like what they were looking for. They were big game hunting. I love that. Um, and I think that they knew the value and they didn't want to go over it. And I respect that. Um, I think that because your big man rotation now is Mason Plumlee, Montrez Harrell and PJ Washington, I'm not impressed in really any way, shape, and form. Bringing in Montrose Harrell, like you're going to get 15, 20, like good, hard nosed rebounding down low scoring minutes, but your defense is going to be absolute dog shit. Like completely, yeah. you're getting nobody. You're running small ball all day. Miles Bridges at the four, PG Washington at the five, Montrose Harrell at the five. Like Mason Plumlee, like is a negative on offense in every way, shape, and form. So, like, they don't have any balance. When one player's out there, you know exactly what they're going to do. If Plumlee's out there, they're running four on five on offense. If Montrose Harrell or P.J. Washington's out there on defense, they're running four on five on defense. Like, they don't have that guy to, like, be the best of both worlds. And, like, that's what they're – that's what I hope they go for in the offseason, that they can make a move. Yep. Mo Bamba's a free agent. Hmm. Please, please. Hmm. I would die for that. That Just would be saying, so cool. Throwing that out there into the universe. Please. Take it. Take what you want. Free Mobaba. The Hornets are set at all four positions. You know, like this is this is a whatever move for the Wizards. Now they have three young centers and Thomas Bryant, Gafford, and now Brandon Carey Jr. If they get any production out of one of the three, sounds great. Cool. Gafford's a decent shot blocker. Bryant's got a decent shot. Vernon Carey's like just 21 years old and just there. But he's athletic. He was a former five-star recruit. If it works out, it works out. It's a great just – he's going to leave in free agency. Let's see what we can get for him. So, a little average throw for both teams, just easy. Agreed. Agreed. An interesting one. Four-team trade between the Pistons, Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Sacramento Kings. The Pistons receive Marvin Bagley. Clippers receive Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale. The Milwaukee Bucks receive Serge Ibaka and two second-round picks. And the Sacramento Kings get Donta DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. I'm thrown out a fat a for the detroit pistons god bless la kings i'm giving them a c milwaukee bucks i'm giving them a b and the sacramento kings i'm giving them a b plus yeah that's fair i'm 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 agreed with the a with with the pistons um i'm like a c with the clippers the bucks i'm gonna be a b b plus just because you were saying about you know possible uh um, center rotation they might they might need, need the body um and i said this earlier earlier to you i think this might be the first trade that the kings won that i could remember in years so i like i'm gonna give them a b plus just because i think that they got they had a good get in this um and just because i think bagley was on his way out anyway and they you know i just think they got good good, good players for that so that's where i'm at it's, it's a weird trade um kind of all all around bagley gets a fresh start for the, for the pistons which is the most exciting part for me um i think bagley he's one you know you go to the kings and you, your, your career is almost over so like i'm hoping he can just get his stuff going um he's also got that you know they took him over <laughs> over Doncic. like they did some weird stuff there so i'm hoping he can kind of revive a bit um clippers get some more bodies like they're just getting good rotation bodies mm-hmm. on that team. Serge Ibaka plays some solid minutes for them. Two second round picks is also solid. I think just gives us some more light ammo to maybe get stuff down the road. Absolutely. You know, Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, all solid players. You know, Josh Jackson, you know, obviously isn't doing too, too hot, but Dante, you know, I, I like Dante's game. 
I don't know how he's going to play on the Kings. It's another guard. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think the highlight of this, you kind of touched on it, Marvin Bagley. I think that Detroit is in pure asset mode. I love it. I mean, just his pedigree of a player. He was a top recruit in high school, goes to Duke, number two overall pick. Like, draft fit is so important to teams, and I don't think, like, people understand, like, how heavy that is and why there are so many, quote-unquote, busts in the league, and then they go to these new situations and they just thrive. I'm not saying Marvin Bagley is going to come out and be a 20-10 and 10 player, but he was completely shunned out in the Sacramento Kings organization for, for I have no idea what, for Chumez Metsu, for guys like Harrison Barnes, and I don't understand it. You're not winning any games. Like, now Marvin Bagley can go in there. Like, they have Isaiah Stewart. They have Kate Cunningham. They have Killian Hayes. They have, you know, Hamadou Diallo. They have Frank Jackson. They have just, like, a, a lot of young players. Sadiq Bey, who I love, like, they're, he's going to be able to go in there and he's going to immediately get 25 minutes per game, whether it's coming off the bench, starting, and he's going to be able to get just run in. Yes, the team's going to be dog shit, and I understand that, but they're in a natural rebuild. And if he can show any kind of promise, he's going to get a contract extension. He's heading into a free agency. He's not going to cost a lot of money. He can sign a one-year prove-it deal. You can bring him in. You can trade him. You have options, but at least he has the pedigree and you're a bottom feeder team that is just hoping to get a high risk, and you didn't give up a lot. You gave up Josh Jackson. You gave up Trey Lyles and a second-round pick. Like That's an easy, great price for a potential, I'm not going to say star, but a potential young player who can do something for your franchise. Agreed. Yeah, he could be a staple on a team. And I, was, I, I read a quick article from a Philly guy, uh, Jackson Frank, a writer, you know, young. I love re- reading his stuff, but he was saying how he thinks that Kate Cunningham and him together could be a really fun duo just for the pick and pop action. I think people forget like Bagley was so sick in college and it's only a couple years removed from that. So I think I think the two of them like Cade might be able to re- revive him a bit and and he's young and he's cool. So I think it's that's, that's a really cool move by the Pistons. Yeah. And then just the last thing, I mean, I, I like the Ibaka um, going to the Bucks. I think him with Brooke Lopez being out for the year, or well, potentially, I mean, you really haven't heard anything about him. He has, he has no chance of returning right now, at least in the regular season, maybe for the playoffs. Um, Bobby Portis has really held it down, but they are playing Greg Monroe at, ba- at uh, backup center. The NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks are playing Greg Monroe at backup center. How many times has he been on the Bucks and left I, the Bucks? This is his fourth time, I want to say. Third or fourth. It has time. to be, right? It has to be. So you bring in Serge Ibaka. He's an NBA champion. He, is he going to get, he's not going to play 25 minutes a game. He's going to play 10 to 15 minutes a game. He's just there. Giannis is going to play some small ball five. I guess small ball being seven foot and a freak athlete. But like he's there. He's not a natural center. He can play center. Like it's, it's a good fit. And then DiVincenzo, I think that's a phenomenal get. He has been very injury prone. You're playing strictly potential game here. He can play the two. He can play the one. He's going to come up with the bench most likely, but he can play with De'Aaron Fox. He can play with Mitchell. He can play with Jeremy Lamb. He just fits in any rotation on any team. He's proven that he can win an NBA championship. He can be on a rebuilding team. He's just, he's a great young player that hopefully he can stay healthy and prove his worth. Agreed. I'm all in on that. Kings, good job not fucking that up. Proud of you guys. Next up, uh, one that kind of came out of left field, Celtics and Spurs. Uh, the Spurs pick up uh, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, and a top four protected 2022 first round pick. And over to the Celtics, Derek White. I'm giving this, this is a this is a great trade for both teams. I'm giving them both A's. I love what happened for both. I think, I think for the Celtics, it's an absolute A for me. 
Um, I think they're starting rotation now and, and it's a lot more short up and I'm really excited for that, that to be honest, but I don't know if I love it for the Spurs. I thought maybe they could have gotten a better player for it. Um, the pick is obviously great. So that, that, that's a good get. Thank God they did that. But Josh Ray Richardson, I'm kind of out on as a player. He's kind of been weird. You know, obviously he had a weird stint in Philly. I feel like he's always that kind of that guy that like people think he's going to be like so much better than he is. I don't know. So I don't hate it for the Spurs at all. Maybe like a, maybe like a B minus or something. I mean, Josh is really only in the deal to make the money work. That's really right. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's making 12 million. Derek's making close to 14. Like it's a decent, decent deal. But the biggest thing is you're getting Romeo Lankford, only 22 years old, decent guard, former first round pick, like whatever you can get from him. And it's the Spurs. Like you were, I'm sorry. You were just about to say it. We were on the same way. Their player development is so stupid. Look, I mean, you were saying earlier how Pirtle is like, or Pirtle, however you say it, I'm sorry, is like, one of the best centers in the league that nobody knows about. He was recently acquired from the Raptors. Like he was wasting away in the Raptors got there. And all of a sudden, boom, he's a stud. Like they just know what to do with these guys. And I think they're just going to be studs. Yeah. I mean, I try, I mean, that first round pick is, is really the biggest thing. Like, and also Derek white has reached his cap. Like, you know what Derek white is and he's just going to, he's a very, very solid. I, th- I think on a championship contending team, if, if you're going to get, he's going to be a 38% three point shooter. He's going to get you anywhere from 14 to 16 points, and he's going to get you anywhere from four to six assists. He's just a very, very solid. He's got great size. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, great size. Playing next to Marcus Smart, he's going to be a, a – that's a great, great backcourt. Mm-hmm. He's going to – it's for the first time they're going to have shooting at the guard spot instead of a guy like Dennis Schroeder or Marcus Smart. Now you're pairing that with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and then a incredible young center in Robert Williams like – now you have a core like this. Yeah. These five players are going to play together for this year, next year, and potentially the year after because they're all under contract. Like, and they're all young. Not a single player is over twenty-seven years old, and that's Derek White. And you have Marcus Smart, who's twenty-eight. Like, that's a great, great core. I'm I, all I for agree. what the Celtics did, and for the Spurs' perspective, they draft well. That's it. I'm going to say they draft well. I and also this this it gives playing time to guys like Lonnie Walker. To guys like Josh Primo and Devin. I love Lonnie Walker, by the way. I feel like he's got to go to a different team and get some more playing time. Um, but they have, but the, you could say that about any of their guys. Yeah. Bryn, Bryn Forbes, uh, you know, White. Like they just have these guys that like are just, they all shoot well. They all are smart with the ball. It's a, it's pop, right? Like they're just elite yeah. at, at player development. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point with, with the first round pick and, and, and Langford. Yeah. If, if they can finally bring in a power forward, they also traded Thaddeus Young. Um, over here like they're starting doug mcdermott he's whatever like kelton johnson's playing small ball four like getting kelton johnson to play small forward full-time like getting you have deontay mary playing point guard like if you can fill in and find like a shooting guard that you can fill in you have the center like get a power forward in this draft class where there's a lot of great power forwards there's a lot of young players i'm not saying they're gonna get the number one overall pick but you have guys like jabari smith paolo bonchero like chet holmgrim a lot of guys that are going to be able to fit that bill for what they need and if they can hit on that like Spurs could be back very, very soon. Agreed. Um, the most wild trade that I think happens today, Dallas Mavericks, Washington Wizards. Um, why the actual fuck did this trade go down? I have no idea what this was about. No idea. Um, the Dallas Mavericks received Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, and the Washington Wizards get Chris Alps Porzingis in his second round pick. Um, this is a F-minus for the Dallas Mavericks, and this is a A-plus 
for the Washington Wizards. This, to me, is one of the most lopsided trades I've seen in a very long time. I'm probably sitting on like maybe a C plus for the for Dallas um, and more of a B for Washington. I just I know I know I'm just but like it's so weird for both teams for Dallas. Like maybe you can convince yourself that Dinwiddie's you know can get back to where he was before he got to the Wizards. He's still on on a bad contract. He's a ball handler, and I know they've been trying to find that secondary guy for Doncic to take some some of the load off. So we'll see how that that works. Bertans was like lights out and then all of us from shooting from, from three and then all of a sudden is a brick. So, and he's on a terrible contract. So I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see. I mean, if he starts shooting lights out again, then, then this is almost close to a B plus for me for Washington. I don't love KP. He's always hurt. Always, always hurt. It's a good swing for the fences though. So it's, you know, I don't, the, the Beal KP is going to be really weird next year. Um, you know, you get a second round pick, which I guess is nice, but like, I'm, I don't really know how to feel about this one. Home run. It's a fucking home run. It's a home run. You get, you, sw- when you were a small marker, you swing for the fences. For some reason, Jason Kidd just hates Chris Porzingis. Cool. Don't care. Like Chris Porzingis gets to go to Washington where he can just not stress at all. You have a alpha dog in Bradley Beal for next year. Cause he's because Chris House was under contract for two more years. Mm-hmm. You have Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. Chris House can play the five full time, no questions asked. Not some Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber bullshit. You have Chris House Porzingis playing the five full time. Kyle Kuzma at the four. You have all these young wings: Denny Advia, Rui Hachimura, Corey Kispert, Bradley Beal at the two. And then if they can get if they can hit on a point guard in this year's draft somewhere somehow, I love I love what Washington did. I am going to break this down very, very quickly for the Dallas Mavericks fans out there. Fuck off. There's no chance. You bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. Jalen Brunson is having a career year. The dude's asking for four years, $80 million. This is a fair point. This is a very fair point. So you say, oh, that's great. Let's go bring in Spencer Dinwiddie to play with him because they're a great pair. But we also have a hurt Tim Hardaway Jr. making $20 million. And we also have Luka Doncic. And now we don't have any big men or wings that aren't named Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, or Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, it's weird. And, and they, they just paid a bag to Finney-Smith, right? So. <clears throat> oh, and I'm sorry. Did we forget that Davis Bertans is a fucking pylon cone? Yeah. And the worst contract in the NBA? So, yes, he got paid absolutely paid a five-year 80 million dollar deal i'm sorry i've been playing basketball for a very long time i think i have a pretty decent jump shot you're gonna he hit 46 percent from three because he was legitimately open all the time he is the second worst defender in the nba behind trey young he's unplayable he's unplayable he is he is matt bonner he is matt (laughs) fucking bonner that's so disrespectful spurs do you know how hurtful that is to say (laughs) that i'm calling a grown man matt bonner oh no like you got and plus he's under contract for three more years and you know what's weird about this too is that now that i'm thinking more about it it's it's obviously way better for for the wizards but they also condensed two bad contracts into one potentially bad contract could also be a good contract but for the Mavs, like if they ever want to go out and try and get another max guy, it just got way harder for them to do so because 
they're not going to like this, like Porzingis might've been their only shot to get a max player, like in the off season for a big trade or something. So I'm very curious what the plan is. They have no way to pay Jalen Brunson right now. So you're by bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie, you're telling Jalen Brunson to kick rocks. Yeah. He's, I I don't think they were going to do that anyway, but like, I don't think, I I don't think that's the right move. I think they should have figured it out, but to, to not wait till the off season to do something like this and try to make a swing and go get a stud to run with Doncic. It's just weird. Very weird. It's stupid. It's very stupid. Wizards. Fantastic job. You get an A Mavericks. You're failing. Well, next trade. <laughs> uh, this one, I am just so just giddy, just giddy with joy. Cavs and Pacers. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers received Karis LeVert and a 2022 second round pick from Miami. Uh, and to Indiana goes the expiring contract of Ricky Rubio, RIP. Uh, the 2022 lottery protected first round pick that will turn in 2023 lottery protected first round pick. Um, a 2022 second round pick from Houston, which is essentially going to be like a first round pick. And then a 2027 second round pick. This is a A for both teams across the board for me. I think it's a B plus for the Cavs and and maybe a B plus. I'm gonna go B plus for both teams. Okay. I, I think uh, I think it could be depending on how Levert plays. It could be an A, hundred percent. We both love Levert. You're obviously a Cavs homer. Cavs are super fun this year. Levert is he's from Ohio, right? So he's excited mm-hmm. to get there. Like I, I like I think this is a really really cool trade for the Cavs. Picks might have been a little bit too much slightly depending on how they convey and they fall mm-hmm. it could be nothing they could just be like a like four second round picks and that could be that if some of them convey into firsts and we'll see how that goes maybe i'll feel differently um but yeah lavert obviously really cool player fills a gap for you guys i think he's gonna mesh well with that whole young they're gonna be they're, they're like a, it's so cool how, how am i saying the Cavs are a cool team what happened it's so this is this is, this is like the coolest this is to me the coolest cleveland cavaliers team I've ever been a fan of because like when you have LeBron on your team, there's like so much pressure to succeed. And like, don't get me wrong. It's fucking like, get yourself a LeBron, by the way, all of you get a LeBron. Highly recommend. It's highly recommended to get a LeBron James in your team. Like those, like even the early teams, but like Sasha Pavlovich, like Drew Gooden, like those teams sucked. Like they weren't cool. They weren't good. Like his number one running mates were like Mo Williams and Larry Hughes. Like stop that. But then he gets like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Like it's a little cooler. Like I get that. And then they just destroy the team. And then here we are. But like now you got Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Karis LeVert, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro. Like just cool ass player under cool ass player. They're all like 25 and under. Like this team's going to be together for a long time. And the reason why I love getting Karis LeVert is because now, now we can sign and trade Colin Sexton. I mm-hmm. love Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton, if he goes and plays, well, I was hoping he was going to go to Dallas and he's going to play next to Luca because that right there. That would have been smart, huh? It would have been so good. Fuck you, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, it would have been so good because, yes, he's a smaller guard, but he's playing on a bigger team. So exactly. he can go out there. Colin Sexton can go get you 20 to 25 points per game, shooting 50% from the field and close to 40% from three. He is that. He is an elite score. He's an elite athlete. He can go get you a bucket. But because Darius Garland has legitimately ascended yeah he's been a fall star he is absolutely incredible he's one of the top five young point guards in the league and it's not debatable i will fight anybody that says otherwise Mm -hmm. like now he is taking the next level isaac okoro is the perfect shooting guard 
next to Darius Garland because he is a Tony Allen type and he's just trying to get that jump shot. He will lock down anybody. Six foot five, 225. It's perfect. Lavert is six foot seven. That's the difference and why I believe he's worth it because I'm going to, I'll look at it like this. Whatever you get for Colin Sexton is essentially what you would trade for Karis Lavert. So the value just flip flops. So what you get back for Lavert is what you'll get for Colin Sexton. And I understand that. And I think that you can throw in Lavert at, and he's going to play six man, I think, long term. I think it's going to be perfect because he can play mm-hmm. closing lineups and you can mix and match with Laurie Markman. They've had great size and matchups with the three, se- the three seven footers. Don't mess it up. Bring in Lavert off the bench. Don't ruin the chemistry. But he can distribute too. He could basically be your backup point. 100%. But now you have a bench of Rajon Rondo, Karis Lavert, Chetty Osman. Kevin Love, who low-key could be the sixth man of the year. Like, don't sleep yep. on that. Like, and Dean Wade. Those are five legit NBA rotation players on top of the potentially three all-star candidates you have on this roster. Yep, agreed. It's it's a great fit for them. Lavert, you know, I he's he always has that weird thing where it's like, it, do fans overvalue him because he'll have those 440-point explosions? And then he'll have like, you know, he's not the perfect player. So like, no. but, but this is the perfect situation for him and a perfect trade for him you know i i think it's really cool and then for the pacers smart move for them too like they got a couple could could be a couple first they yeah. definitely got a couple high seconds like i i just think it was good and you know rubio whether it's make make, make the money i know you know better than most that he's great to help a young team too so mm-hmm. maybe uh maybe he helps out hal burton a little bit who knows yeah i mean i don't think he i don't i think ricky rubio is just chilling in spain sipping on a mai tai and just Re, re, didn't he say something? He's, he he's, say something he is about in that? Spain. He's vibing. He, he said that once his kid is ready to grow up, he's going to retire into Spain and the sunset and he deserves it. But That's so true. that first round pick is 2022 lottery protected. The Cavaliers are a lock for the playoffs. So that first will convey. Then right. they're getting the 2022 second round pick. That's from Houston. So that's Houston a great is pick. A so. bottom three team. So you're looking at a 31 overall, 32, 33 overall. That's like a late first round pick those are yep. two tremendous draft picks that you got yeah. for Karis LeVert because he's under contract for two more years so you got this year and next year that's a great haul for a rebuilding Pacers team to go out there and hit on a couple draft picks and bring in guys that you want and I love it I think it's a great haul for both teams all the power to them agreed agreed I'll take that the creme de la creme <laughs> the fun one the really what fun I've been one. waiting for this entire time we have the blockbuster that the league has been dying for, what we've all been waiting for, what every 76ers fan for some reason has been waiting for. We have the oh Ben God. Simmons trade. The Brooklyn Nets send Ben Simmons. I'm sorry, the Brooklyn Nets receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first, a 2027 first, and all that to the 76ers for James Harden and Paul Millsap. This is a B-plus for the Brooklyn Nets, and this is a C for the Philadelphia 76ers. I can't believe you just said that. I am so mad at you right now. Take the floor. This is, for the Nets, this is a B-plus. And for the Sixers, it's probably also a B-plus. I won't go super super crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for the reasons that you're going to say it's a C is -hmm. what's going to keep me from saying it's an A. Um, I've been a Sixers fan since forever. Huge process guy. Big Hanky fan, Maury coming from, you know, basically being the, the teacher of Hinky, bringing a full circle, you know, Embiid is finally having an MVP season. 
even better than he was last year. We didn't think it was possible. He's had a bum that refuses to, to play, taking up a max slot, finally getting him a star player. He's instantly the best. Harden is the best player to ever, the best guard to ever wear a Sixers uniform with Allen Iverson. He's a free, I, I'm going to say it. Harden is the best guard to ever put on a Sixers uniform, period. He is. Are you, he's a top. Are you he's a t- out of your fucking mind? As a Sixers fan, you sh- that's why you should understand. He's a top five shooting guard of all time, maybe top four. And he's going to, this team is instantly a finals contender and their odds are ridiculous. And I think everyone is what like wildly underrating Harden just because he's like, like, yeah, he's got his issues and it's weird that he keeps, that he's done this to two teams now. Maybe he does it to Sixers, but also you've also seen him when he gets stupidly motivated and he carries teams on his back. And now he's got Joel fucking Embiid. This team, this is a perfect move for them. And then for the Nets to get away, the Nets, Ben Simmons, whatever you, the, the second this fucking trade happened, everybody went from the storyline of like, oh, Ben Simmons, you can't get James Harden for Ben Simmons. Ben's a bum. Then all of a sudden it went went to, wow, the Sixers gave up so much. They gave up Ben Simmons. Like, what? So people just, just hate Philly. They hate the process. That's that's one thing, right? But the Nets, I will say, if Ben is probably a good situation for him, you know, he'll be in the dunker spot sitting in a little corner like a little bitch for the most of the time. But this is the perfect team because they don't really have a big to stop that. Seth, Seth Curry is a goat. I love him. Sucks to lose him. Drummond is a backup center. Played some good, good minutes. Maybe the best backup center the Sixers have had since Embiid's been there, but he's still a backup fucking center. And then a protected first round pick and then a 2027 protected pick. Like, I don't know. I'm all in on this for both teams. As a Sixers fan, I'm fucking ecstatic. This is like this is wild. This is wild to hear out loud that you said that J- James Harden is the best guard to put on a 76ers uniform. Yes. Do you understand that what Allen Iverson has done for what he took? I'm, I'm so not James, talking culturally. I know I understand player that. and talent. I understand that. Allen Iverson took Eric Snow to Kembe Mutombo and literal dog shit players different league to back the then. NBA different finals. It was You're right. League. It was yeah, he burst the Lakers who had Kobe and Shaq and all these teams. Right. I'm not saying, dominated. and that's what I'm saying. That he's ja- Harden James is Harden, better than Iverson. James Harden is a gimmick player. He's a gimmick player. He's, he he played, was an MVP caliber player for like 10 straight years. In a gimmick offense. No basketball. How is it player. a gimmick offense? No basketball oh player. My God. In, no basketball player in the world will tell you that they would want to play in the Rockets organization. Chris Paul played there for one season and wanted to shoot his fucking brains out. I don't he, love his he, offense. Like the, I don't it, love that. No. It's literally no no. if it's not a, if it's not a layup, a free throw, or a three-pointer, don't take it. James Harden would dribble the ball for 20, 20 seconds, the entire shot clock, and do a step back three. He, his teammates despise him. He doesn't play defense. He does not like playing with another alpha teammate. You see it with guys like Chris Paul. You see it with Russell Westbrook. You see it with Kevin Durant for the second time now. Hated in OK City. Now hates it again in Brooklyn. You can't hold the OK. He was that a six right. man in OK City. Like he was a six man different. playing 35 minutes a game. He just didn't like the label of being a six man, which is ridiculous. Still six man. Which is ridiculous. But again, he is an M- he's a stat. That, that it's, it's, it's like saying Russell Westbrook is an incredible point guard, but he no, he's having no, trouble no, double. No, no, no. It's the he's, same. He's shit. one, he's an incredible shooter. He's an incredible playmaker. He's instantly like the his, everything he brings to the Sixers is everything we've been missing this entire time for the past 10 years. They haven't had a guard like him 
literally we don't have a guard that can dribble and shoot and we think maxi is a second coming of jesus christ himself because he could do both of those things now you have james harden who's been one of the best he's a he's a shooting guard but he's a lead guard he he's averaging 10 assists a game he's put he's gonna put up 25 plus he might he might score 30 plus a game with, mm-hmm. with us he's gonna average 10 assists he's gonna like you know, yes, he he's lackadaisical on deep defense. We'll see if that if he buys in and tries harder. But this is going to take it's, so it's much of a like load 13. off of him. He's not going to buy in. That's what I'm saying. That's why that's why I like roll my eyes at it. But I'm just like, I, you don't need him to do that. You need him to do everything else. You kept Maxi. You kept Thibel. And the and, and Tobias is actually playing. He, like he was playing like a man who was about to get traded. Hopefully, he still plays with a fire under his ass. This team could literally no team in the East scares me anymore. Zero. I, I understand the pedigree that James Harden comes in with. He's an MVP. I understand it. But when it comes to it, it it's the same. Th- it's the same conversation that I'll have about Rudy Gobert that I will with James Harden. James Harden has not done shit in the NBA playoffs. He has choked year after year. He is woefully inefficient when That's all not those his Warriors. Fault. What do you mean it's not his fault? He's the Him? leading. He's the leading guard on but a you team can't with care. championship he was against the He was against the Warriors every single year. He almost. Literally, what was it? It was oh my god, this yes, revision and it was history. Chris Paul, and it was Chris Paul. Chris Paul was the reason that they almost won. Then he got hurt. It's god. not. It wasn't James Harden. It was Chris Paul. And the second Chris Paul if left, the Warriors the didn't exist. He would have like four or five titles by now. You're you are living in fucking Candyland. You're you, living in an imaginary. Where do you rank James Harden in, in, in players right now? Top what? In like what? Like just like best players in the league? Overall best player in, in, in the league right now. Like top 15, top 20. Okay. I think that's probably a little low, but like, how is that still a C for you? How is it still shit? You're getting a top Because look at what player. you gave up. Look at what you gave up. I'm a, Nothing. I am, I am. You gave up Ben Simmons, who was never going to play. You gave up and Seth Curry, right? So that's one. You gave up but Seth, it's still an Seth asset. Curry. Yeah, but it's one that, like, that. this was the best possible deal they, they could have had. They were never I getting beat. completely beatable. disagree. You, yeah, because you would have rather had fucking Halliburton and, and Buddy Heald. 100 percent absolutely which is ridiculous but it's not because you're looking at it so short-sighted james harden's 32 years old he is still young you all these guys if 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 they were sitting here i'm serious if you were if they made this trade for dame lillard you would have been like great trade sick trade they're the same fucking age except it's lillard's worse like it's it's so weird but he's not it's dame lillard's not worse dame lillard it's again it's Basketball is so much about chemistry. It's not about the best players on paper. If it was about the best players on paper, why the fuck are the Nets not a seven-time goddamn champion? Why didn't it work out? Because James Harden's an asshole. Because James Harden's an asshole. He doesn't like. He didn't like the idea of Kyrie Irving playing a part-time role. And I understand that. And I get that. He doesn't like that Kevin Durant is the top dog. He doesn't like that Kevin Durant was playing point forward when he was the quote-unquote de facto point guard. Then when Kyrie came back, cut into his touches. And he started to bitch and moan. Like that's, that's a thing. That's a factor. Like why all of a sudden does he just go to Philadelphia? And like, that just like goes away. Because like, we don't have is- that. Everything what? that he is, we don't have. And B, we literally don't even have a guy who could dribble up the fucking court. And B is basically a point center at this point. He takes the ball and dribbles it up and starts the offense. Like it's should, ridiculous. Though, yeah, he's dominant, and he is the best player on the team. And Beat is the best player on this team. I will not argue that. I don't need but to that means, argue that. But that means James Harden has to take a step back. James no, he doesn't. Harden is- no, 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 because he's going to have so much of a, a bigger role than he had with the Nets. Instantly. His, if, James- his usage is going to skyrocket. Which is horrible. 
Why? He's so fucking good. <laughs> what are you? We're replacing Seth Curry in the starting lineup with fucking James Harden. And I understand that. We lost a backup center and a pick in 2027. What are we talking about? It's not, you will not win. You will not win with this roster because James Harden is not a winner. He doesn't play winning basketball. Your defense is going to be absolute. You you are the Utah Jazz. You are the Utah Jazz. You have a center that will play defense and will lock down. You have one wing defender in Matisse Thibel. They have Royce O'Neal. Congratulations. And you have nobody. You have Furkan Korkmaz. You have George Niang, Shake Milton, James Harden, not, yeah, they Tyrese yeah. Maxey. You don't have a lick of perimeter defense. You think that you can legitimately beat the Miami Heat or the Milwaukee Bucks? You're out of your mind. They're beating the Heat. You're out of your mind. They're beating the Heat. Who's guarding Embiid? Like, who? Like, this is the thing, right? The, the whole part of this is that, which this is a super fun conversation. If anyone's listening, like, we're like best friends. Like, this is a great conversation. And I hate him. I'm going to dive into this, though. The reason that this is so good is because Harden almost needs to get doubled himself at times when he's hot, right? Mm-hmm. He's now the focal point, the ball handler. And Bede gets doubled or tripled every single game. Mm-hmm. There literally is almost not a player now. You can't double and beat anymore. You literally can't because Harden's going to find the open guy and Maxi can shoot now. Thibel can't really shoot, but Tobias is on fire. So like, it's, it's like the gravity of what Harden brings. He's yes. not the same player he was in 20 when he was 26, 27, mm-hmm. but he is so damn good. And they haven't had a guy like him in so long that he's going to change the face of this entire team. The fucking bench sucks. The bench is dog shit. They need to figure out the, the, the buyout market. I'm sure they'll do some weird stuff. Maury, if you're listening, if you fucking pick up Enos Cantor, I'm going to lose my mind. But this is an, it's, it's a B plus just because of some of the other factors. I'm ecstatic. It, and I get it from a fan perspective. I'm sure it's got to be dope bringing in, you know, a former MVP into the team. I'm sure it's fantastic, but it does so much more from a fit, from a basketball fit perspective for the Brooklyn Nets than it does for the Philadelphia 76ers. You, I'm sorry, a fully healthy lineup, a fully healthy lineup, vaccine mandates, injuries, all this bullshit out the window of Kyrie Irving. Seth Curry or Joe Harris. I don't really give a fuck who you put in there. Whatever you, whatever your heart desires. You have Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Andre Drummond, or or whatever. I, I don't care. I don't really care who you, you can put. Ben Simmons at center. You can put Blake Griffin at center. You can put you at center. I don't care. The trio of how it fits. You now let Kyrie Irving go into attack mode. He doesn't have to distribute. He doesn't have to play make. There's not a single player on the planet that can guard. Kyrie Irving in a one-on-one situation. There's not a single player on the planet that can guard Kevin Durant in a one-on-one situation. And Ben Simmons just sits there, plays defense, makes great passes, sets screens, rolls to the basket, and dunks the ball. He's going to be a Draymond I don't Green. think that's enough for him. And I don't, he doesn't have it in him. I don't think, now listen, he, he's a spiteful fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, like maybe he's like all of a sudden like you know what i'm gonna go fucking do what what they wanted me to do and he's gonna be a great cutter a great role man maybe he'll do that and if he does i'll take a step back right i i think he's gonna sit in the fucking dunker spot and bitch in the corner that he's not the lead ball handler and i'm gonna be so i don't know that I'm, that's why he's elite in transition elite mm-hmm. on defense and i get the fit standpoint but i just think people are like how did the how did the conversation go from he's a bum shouldn't you even play not worth a max all of a sudden to perfect fit blah blah just because he's got two great shooters on his team like it's but, weird but, but that's the thing well you just said it he has two great shooters Look i've at been the saying sixers it for years, shooting but i've been saying it for years me and you've been talking about it 
Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid do not make sense together. They're both supposed to be in the paint. Kevin Durant can shoot. Kyrie Irving can shoot. Ben Simmons can pass and drive. He can go and attack, and the lane's not clogged. He can't drive. He has no touch. He has to sit there and do like he can't. He has no touch. No, he's a he has big no bag. He's six foot ten. Who's going to guard him? But he's a bitch. Him? He doesn't want to get fouled because he can't shoot. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's it's a not it's not a great fit. It's it the Philly sense. hate in you. Yeah, it's and, not and logic. Everyone it's knows the Philly that. hate. No, no, no. You like everyone hates Ben Simmons, and all of a sudden he goes to the Nets, and people want to hate Philly. So they're like, oh, this is a great pickup. It's a good perspective pay pickup. I understand. From like, I just think he's going to get. I don't. I don't think it's going to work the way people think it's going to work. And I'm. I don't know. The I'm James really Harden matchup is not going to work the way you think it's going to work, my friend. I don't. I, you're you're coming at such a weird angle from that for, with with Harden. No, it it because the big he the changes the entire team. He does, and to me, I don't see that as a natural benefit long term. I think James Harden is an incredible player. I understand that, but again, what James Harden does with the basketball is he keeps it in his hand and he He's holds 10 it assists a game. and he drills it. I understand that, Sean. He gets I open get looks, and he's yes. got fucking. So what about what about leaving the NBA in turnovers? Is like that just like not a thing? Is he just like is that okay? Okay, look at it like this because he, he literally has 10 assists. Like that's cool. He's, like, no. he's been a little. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he leaves. This the is NBA. pissing me off so much. He has a two. He doesn't want to be there. He's playing like a little diva, and like it's his whole career. No, he's not. A, it's not. Because he was perfect in Houston forever until Houston fell off a cliff and then he wanted to go. Then he was a diva. He did. There was like a brief stint. I don't even think what he did with OKC was divaness. I think he just wanted to go and they traded him. This is diva. These are two back-to-back diva things, but I don't really like harm him for it. Houston wasn't going to trade him for some reason. So now they traded him. Then he gets here. He wanted to go to Philly, but they wouldn't trade with Maury because they were spiteful. And so he went to the Nets and then he didn't like his time with, with the Nets. And now he's where he wants to be. And we're going to be a finals contender. Sean, what two players have led the NBA in turnovers in the past eight years? There are two players. What are they? Are they oh, I'm sorry. The Who's been one and two in turnovers the past eight years in a row? Just, who are they? There are two players. And it's Hit not me. even close. Hit me. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. The two players who average triple doubles because they are stat padding machines and they are MVPs. There's nothing so you wrong think with they're it. similar players. What's up? You think they're similar? They're comparable players. They're both high usage rate. They're both ball pounders. They're both high risk, high reward players, which is great. It's almost not like usage basketball. rate equates to more turnovers. High assists, high assists, high turnovers. Absolutely. Chris Weird. Paul has an extremely high usage rate. LeBron James, James like is the best high... point guard of all time. Almost. So like, but, I'm not but, gonna, but, but again, if you're holding James Harden to this, like top five, top 10 player in the league, like that's the standard. It's the He's best top 10 in the league, top 12 but, in the league. But if that's the case, then he needs to be better at what he does. He look at his percentages. They've dropped for three years in a row and you can't say, Oh, because he's a diva. Then what makes Philly different? Because he wants to be there. Because well, he he's wanted... the lead guy. But he, he, he was the lead he was the lead guy in Houston. What happened there? He was the quote unquote lead guy in New York. And now he's now, but but again, he he's not the, the lead, lead guy. but he's not the lead guy in Philly either. Joel yes, he is. is. Yes, Joel but they're two different. Not. It's not like there's two guards. Like Embiid's not a ball handler. They're two different players. Embiid's great because he gets the ball and can fucking score with it. He's not great because he initiates the offense and like he's doing that because he literally has to. Like Maxi's starting to learn a little bit, right? But like mm-hmm. this is so 
different. And yes, he's probably going to have the turnovers. He's going to have all that shit. He's going to have the high usage rate. He's going to dribble the ball out for 20 seconds and then shoot a contested three. But Philly's okay with that because they need that. I would no rather one, have no one that. needs that. No one you needs think, that. Yes, you do. When you're taking the rest of good that he has, you can take the bad because he's so good. That's we're part gonna, of it. We're gonna screenshot this entire podcast. Um, and we're gonna hold it in for the 2022 NBA yeah. playoffs, but it's the first yeah. round, second round. But we can mark it down right now. The Philadelphia 76ers will not sniff the Eastern Conference Finals. They will not come close to the Eastern Conference Finals. If they make it to the second round, I'll be impressed. I think that they will not beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They can't beat the Heat. They, I, I, I think that if they, they have the best beat, player in both of those series. If they verse the Nets, they lose in six. Who, who's the, guarding Embiid on the fucking Nets? You who's ha- no, no. Who's guarding anybody on the Nets? Thibel is solid. Tobias can hold a body like they like Embiid is going to hold the whole team. I'm just saying like their bodies like they literally this the Nets don't have anyone that could touch. Embiid's going to average 40 in that series. We will we will leave it up to the future, my friend. Oh my but god, you, you're, I'm, I'm going to get a brain aneurysm here. I'm I'm happy as a friend. I'm happy you're happy. That's what matters to me. I'm glad that Hanky died for your sins, and I'm happy that you this get a guy watch would rather have James Halliburton. Ha- Absolutely, Harden right? Absolutely, now. Absolutely. Okay. You're telling me I get to watch a young backcourt of Tyrese Maxey and Tyrese Halliburton. You think Halliburton is going to be better years. than Harden now? Is he better it player? It has right nothing now? to do. Yes, what, it does. What's your definition? Is he a better what's, player right now? What's your definition of better? Does better he fit stats, the team better? Fit the team stats aren't. I, th- I stats think are what? Look- stats aren't everything. Are you are you looking at this year as like your end all? You have to win. The I'm looking this year. at the next few years. Embiid is playing at a highest level. He might never play like this again. This might be the agree. best we ever see him. Yeah. We have to go. I I will not disrespect anyone for trying to go for it. And and I get that, but I'm telling you, if I'm sitting here, Joel Embiid, I would love a young backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey that's going to be there for ten years to run this team with Joel Embiid. You can have Tobias, you can have Thibel, you can have whatever, bring a Buddy Heald off the bench, and Tristan Thompson, where the fuck you want at center. Like, that exact trade that you had for Ben Simmons that the Pacers got for some bonus, you can package whatever you want, you can get Justin Holiday. I do not give a shit. Like, you can have any form of that lineup, and that is better fitting for this roster to actually make a finals run than selling your depth, selling your best player. I know what he's not playing, I understand that for Ben Simmons. You oh gave up. God. I understand that Benson wasn't playing. I understand that. But there's better options for short-term and long-term than just bringing in a name. You guys are pulling a loss. He's not a Lakers. name. He's still... You're, you're pulling oh a name. Oh, my God. You're pulling no. a name. You're pulling a name and saying People are James wildly Harden underestimating James Harden. How did this happen? He's, he's incredible. He's an incredible player, but he's an offensive, just black hole, and just he does whatever he wants. And it, it, it will not fit. Because he's fucking good at it. It's not that easy. <laughs> yes, it is. Easy. You no. put two fucking top 10 players on a team, and that's what you do. One's a guard, one's a center, and they're going to win games. God. It's, it's not. We traded Drummond, and people are going ape shit. Ridiculous. I love Seth Curry. Replace him with Harden. I do it every single day. Two late picks, whatever. Fuck him. Ben, ben Simmons wants to play Call of Duty instead. Fuck him, too. Great trade. Great trade. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, I need well, a drink. We appreciate you guys coming by. Burn, 
It's always a pleasure, my friend. This has been the Trade Deadline Special. Uh, check us out. We have been done. We've done an entire Trade Deadline Special on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we got the YouTube series coming out soon. Um, let us know what you guys think. Leave us in the comments. We will see you guys next time. Adios.